0: Hello and welcome to Watch Jerusalem. I'm Brent Nachtigall. I'm here coming to you from Jerusalem today, where there has been a lot of news in the biblical archaeological scene over the past week, and we are going to discuss a number of stories related to archaeology. The first of those I want to discuss, uh, you, a few of you emailed me this, and I do thank you for that, and if you do have any tips of what you want or news stories or archaeological stories that you would like covered on the program, you can do so by uh, giving those tips by emailing letters at watchjerusalem.co.il. But I want to talk about specifically the study that came out uh, discussing the origins of the Philistines. The Philistines, of course, the Bible speaks a lot about the Philistines. The Bible talks about them being probably the arch nemesis uh, of the Israelites if we're talking about the period from Samson, the end of the Judges' period, through the period of Samuel and into the time of Saul and David. The Philistines were there, and they were fighting against the Israelites more often than not, and the Israelites and the Philistines were duking it out for territory along the coast, along uh, from the south to the north of, of Israel today, and uh, they were really, if you look at the Bible and what it says about them, they were a large power that was equal to the Israelites in many different accounts. And so they're not a small, insignificant people. But where did they come from? Where did they come from? Were they Canaanites? Were they locals? Did they come from uh, Mesopotamia somewhere? Were they Egyptian? Well, the Bible tells us specifically where they came from. in two separate passages of the Bible, and it's inferred uh, in other places as well, that they were imports to the coastal territory of uh, Western Israel today. And they were imports, and the Bible refers to them specifically coming from Kaptara or Kaftor, which we know is modern-day Crete. That's what the Bible says. And so uh, two years ago in Ashkelon, or three years ago in Ashkelon, 2016 an excavation there uncovered over a hundred different bodies from different periods. And they were filled. This is a Philistine cemetery that they were excavating and they took these bones and sent them away uh, for study to try and match up the genetic, or get a genetic match of the Philistines to people from elsewhere. And thus that could be determined as best possible from the evidence where they came from. This is done separate from the Bible. Of course, the Bible again the writers of Jeremiah and Amos. Amos writing about 2,700 years ago and Jeremiah 2,600 years ago. They tell us where the Philistines came from. But here we are doing a study about that, and that's totally fine. That's awesome. I love it. It's great that these studies are taking place. But it would be really good if the evidence, as revealed by the studies themselves, made its way to the modern press, to the press, so that we can actually get the truth. The truth is not what we get from all the reporting. There are some articles that are better than others. Most articles talk about uh, the uh, Philistines from from this study uh, showing that the origins of the Philistines are European. That's great, wonderful, but we can be a little bit more specific than that even. And we can point, as from the study brings out, to the best possible candidate, the best possible place, the closest match to these Philistines in the 12th century, around the time or before, 100 years before the time of Goliath. Where did they come from? Well, we will go into the study and and tell you exactly where they think the best, most likely place that they came from. But even in the study As we'll see, the the truth is buried. Just a couple of headlines. Um, Well, actually, I just want to go through um, part of one article, and then we'll get to some other reporting on this. This article is entitled, Know Thine Enemy, DNA Study Solves Ancient Riddle of Origins of the Philistines. And this is written again by Amanda Borsheldana from Times of Israel. The reason I quote from her so often is it's generally the most, uh, well, it's the best a write-up of the, the, the archaeological discoveries that are happening in Israel, and so that's why I'll quote from her at, at the beginning, but I'll also quote from the New York Times, Science Magazine, and then Science.com and Haaretz a little bit later to show how each of these uh, papers report uh, this discovery. This again is entitled, Know Your Enemy DNA, DNA Study Solves Ancient Riddle Of origins of Philistines. That's how it's being touted. Solves the ancient riddle. Again, don't know if there was a riddle. Talk to most people, there's a riddle. But talk, if you read the Bible, there's no riddle uh, as to where they came from. She starts out this way. A groundbreaking groundbreaking new study of DNA taken from the bones of ancient residents of the coastal city of Ashkelon. Again, one of the five cities of the Philistines, as the Bible brings out. Has put to rest a centuries-old debate. Surrounding the origins of the kingdom of Israel's most reviled foes, the Philistines, according to a paper published Wednesday in Science Advances, the ancestors of Goliath of Gath emigrated from southern Europe. It's actually interesting when you look at Goliath. Yes, he did have uh, somewhat of a Greek name. Uh, And so, you know, there's plenty of evidence to point that they came from southern Greece. Uh, from their culture, from how they uh, their, their script, how they write. Um, but Goliath himself might not have been uh, because uh, there looks to be uh, the fact that he was a giant might have been uh, from a local population that he was then fighting on behalf of the Philistines. Anyhow, uh, continuing here, it says, In ancient DNA sheds light on the genetic origins of early Iron Age Philistines. That's the name of the paper. And I'll leave a link to this article and the paper itself if you want to go into it. Also in the show notes of today's program an inter- interdisciplinary team of scholars from the Max Planck Institute for the Science of Human History and the Leon Levy Expedition Ashkelon proves that coinciding with the arrival of the Philistines in Ashkelon in the 12th century BCE there was an influx influx of southern european genetic material in the local population the dna analysis was completed on samples from 3 Uh, periods within the Bronze and Iron Ages from the remains of Canaanites and early and late Philistines, which were taken from the three sites, Philistine Cemetery discovered in 2016, graves discovered in the 1990s, and infant burials underneath Philistine homes. So they've got these 10 different samples, and uh, three of them are from the earlier period, three of them are from the late Bronze. So we're talking about the time of the Judges um, and a little bit before then, they the gap gap is actually from the middle bronze to the late bronze so you're talking about this period after abraham's time uh into the late bronze age joshua's time that's what uh they've got some studies and and what reve- and some samples from that period and what that revealed it is that there wasn't much european at all influence in the people's genetic code at that point we couldn't they matched more to the iranian area Uh, much more to the Anatolian Peninsula, up by Turkey. So the earlier time period, before the Philistines really become active in the biblical story, the Bible does mention them before, but we won't discuss that today, and the reasons why it probably does. I want to stick to the main thrust of the Philistine narrative as it's brought out in the Bible. That takes place in what we would call the Iron Age, Iron One. And so you had three samples uh, from the middle bronze to late bronze, and then four samples from the late Bronze Age to the Iron Age, Iron One, and so they are from that uh, right around this changeover of culture. So just let's just say twelve hundred, twelve hundred uh, BCE is this second group of bones that were excavated, uh, and then the third group are from Iron Two A, so just after David's time, just after David's time, Solomon's time, maybe a little bit thereafter as well. So a thousand to nine hundred. BCE around there. So you've got three different samples of these people that lived here in the Philistine uh, coast in Ashkelon from the space of let's say about 800 years. And so what did it bring out? The first group that were there that they studied, again from Iran Iranian areas, uh, they were probably local Canaanites, and they're from the territory of of uh, uh, the Hittites and Anatolian Peninsula. So they came down there at some point. And then you have this second group, and that's where you have this Philistine, uh, this European influence, as we'll cover. And that took place around 1200, or we see them now in these four samples from around 1200 BCE. And again, this is when the Bible starts to really talk about them. And then the last uh, section, or well, these last three samples, I guess it is, uh, from the ra- around the time of King Solomon's time They find that the European influence there, it's still evident, but there has been, it looks like, a lot of um, intermarriage and and, uh, with the local population that was there before. So you have a mix of the Iranian, Anatolian, European, uh, to the point that those people that did come, obviously migrated with this new genetic code, were not necessarily bred out, they continued to live there, but the genetic material related to the Europeans became less and less because there was no more uh, migration. It's not like more Philistines came to join this territory later on from southern Europe. And so, again, this is cool, really great, an awesome study. You have the people being there, you have the new people coming in, Philistines coming in from southern Europe somewhere, as we'll <laughs> cover and then that genetic material being gradually less and less and less as time goes on. And so wh- how was this reported? Uh, this is Science Magazine now, and this is their summary uh, of the study, sciencemag.com. In the Bible, the Philistines were much maligned. They were the archenemies of the Israelites who fought Samson's armies, uh, which is interesting. I don't think Samson had a, had an army. Um, who fought Samson's army nevertheless and sent Goliath into battle against David? Philistine is a slur for an uncivilized barbarian. Yes, it is today. That's if you call someone a Philistine, that or a Philistine. Uh, that's how you are describing them. And but if you look to the Bible, the Bible doesn't really describe them as that at all. This is people's interpretation of the Philistines. What they think the Bible describes the Philistines, but we know the Philistines were good metallurgists. They were they had a great high culture. Um, nevertheless, uh, again, there's all this false interpretation of what the Bible actually says. Continuing though, ScienceMag.com. Now, an international team of geneticists and archaeologists has found a new way to understand the Philistines. By analyzing DNA from the 12th century BCE burials and the were now in the Philistines' renowned city of Ashkelon, Israel, re- researchers have found that they were interlopers in the ancient Middle East. Their closest known kin was from ancient Sardinia, Greece, or Spain. Okay, so they're the places that they mentioned, their closest kin. Sardinia, Greece, or Spain. The team reports this week in Science Advances. They don't mention Crete at all. You could say that they are including Crete uh, in Greece, um, but they don't mention it specifically. Okay, now let's read from. How, what was I going to read from next? I think this is Science.com. No, Live Science. This is LiveScience.com. And this is further down in their article. The geneticists sampled more than 100 specimens, mainly teeth and inner ear bones, which are both known to be good preservers of ancient DNA. But researchers got the DNA results from only 11 specimens belonging to 10 individuals who lived between 3,600 and 2,800 years ago. And then it says this. But the DNA from the 10 individuals was enough to solve the mystery. When the researchers compared DNA from the earlier Bronze Age people with the DNA from the later Iron Age Philistines, we saw they had an ancestral component that the late that the Bronze Age people didn't have. The, this ancestral component was traced to southern Europe. It's hard to say exactly where in southern Europe. However, as databases of the, the ancient DNA, uh, however, as databases of DNA from this time are spotty, Feldman said, one of the researchers Again, no mention of Crete. Somewhere in Southern Europe. Somewhere in Southern Europe is where they came from. Okay, let's go to the New York Times and and report how they talk about the article, uh, about the study. New York Times says this. And most of these other places don't even mention what the Bible says. Most of these articles do not say that the Bible says they came from Crete. Most of them leave that out completely. New York Times actually mentions what the Bible says. New York Times says this in their article. Archaeologists have long wondered about the origins of the Philistines, who are thought to have established themselves in the Levant, or this area from Syria on down to Egypt, or northern Egypt, around the 12th century BCE, and lived there until the destruction by the Babylonians in 604 BCE. The Hebrew Bible mentions that they came from Kaftor. Which some archaeologists might believe be present-day Crete. Well, most researchers don't. They don't. I I don't even get why they said that. Some archaeologists believe might be. Well, some archaeologists believe yes, not might believe it. They believe that that is from present. That means present-day Crete. And yes, most people are. Go to a Bible dictionary, any single one, and see what it says about Kaftor and what that is. Anciently, again, it's Crete. Uh, anyhow, that's what the New York Times says. So at least they mention, uh, the Bible mentions that they came from Crete, but that's the only mention that you have in their article about Crete. Okay, Uh, what other article? Haaretz says this in their article. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 47 and verse 4 and Amos 9 verse 7, that the much despised Philistines were from Kaftor, a name that scholars identify as Crete. At least they're not like the New York Times. Well, at least the New York Times mentioned it, but the New York Times is saying they might possibly believe this thing that Kaftor is Crete. Haaretz comes out and says some scholars identify as Crete. Well, yes, a lot, most. Kaftor is Crete. Supporting the idea of an origin from the Greek islands archaeologists have pointed out that some of the pottery found at Ashkelon and other Philistine city-states is similar to Aegean ceramics from the Late Bronze Age. Again, at least they mention that the Bible says the Philistines came from Crete, but they won't say that the study supports the biblical origin. In fact, you won't find that anywhere. You won't find that in any article on the topic, and there's probably a few hundred of them. That this study actually uh, confirms what the Bible says 2,800, 2,600 years ago that the Philistines came from Khaftor. So let's read these two scriptures, uh, two verses from the Bible, and then we're going to go back to Borshal Dan's article because you see that they actually, uh, she actually mentions it briefly. So this is what Amos 9, verse 7 says, and Amos, again, this is um, the last chapter here, written sometime, probably around 750, around then. B.C., it says this, Are you not as children of the Ethiopians unto me, O children of Israel, says the Eternal? Have not I brought up Israel out of the land of Egypt? That's where you were from, temporarily, Egypt. But I brought you there and the Philistines from Kaftor. And so, again, this is what the Bible says. 2,750 years ago, Philistines were brought up by God from Kaftor to the coast of Israel. Let's go to the other scripture now, Jeremiah chapter 47 and verse 4. And so Jeremiah here is writing sometime around 600, so 150 years after Amos. He writes this. Jeremiah 47, verse 4, Because of the day that comes to spoil all the Philistines and to cut off from Tyre and Sidon every helper that remains for the Eternal will spoil the Philistines, the remnant of the country of Kaftor. That's where they came from, Kaftor. And so we have two references in the Bible, this ancient historical document that is saying that they're from Crete. Okay, let's go back to Borshal Dan's article. She says this, With the new DNA study, researchers are getting ever closer to empirically pinpointing the Philistine's exact location, but require more ancient DNA samples from the Aegean to provide a precise location. And so they're trying to match it, and this is understandable. I mean, there's not this is not like uh, set in stone at this point. They've only got a few samples of people from this period. They're trying to uh, in the southern um, southern Mediterranean or elsewhere, and they're trying to match up. Well, which one's closest? Which one's closest? Everyone's reporting it's just Southern Europe. Then she writes this, Cautious not to overreach from the study's general impressions, Master said that there are, quote, better matches from Crete, end quote, emphasizing that until there are more specific samples available, at the moment we cannot prove the specific locations where they came. And so here we have nestled in this article the fact that one of the leaders of this study, and the excavator now, Daniel Master, who, who, is, who does believe in the Bible, um, he, he actually comes out and says, we've got the best match, the best match of all the DNA that we can find in Europe, for these people of the Philistines, is from Crete. That's what he just said. None of the, none of the other articles actually mention that. Let's go to the actual study itself. So I printed out the PDF... Of this uh, extremely dry study, as they are, and so be it; they need to be that way. And nestled inside the study, on page uh, six of ten, it's only small, so you can read through this as well. And at this point, it's talking about the those four samples that are in question, related to this period of when we see the the southern Mediterranean influence begin, uh, in 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 these people from the Philistine uh, Philistine coast. And I don't pretend to understand this uh, 100%, all these different details. But basically, they're trying to find the best possible match. And what did they say? Of the 51 tested models, we find four plausible ones. The best supported one infers that this Ashkelon sample, the Ashkelon samples from from the Iron Age, Around uh, derives around 43 percent of ancestry from the Greek Bronze Age Crete. Odriga B A, and so it's saying that the closest other sample that they have in the world, talking about relatives of the Philistines, comes from Crete. <laughs> comes from Crete. It's it's not somewhere vague in southern Europe. It's not some it's not Italy, it's not Spain, it's not uh, I don't know, somewhere around the Adriatic. It's not Turkey. It's not Cyprus even. It's not Malta. The best possible match we have at this point is from Crete. Crete. Now there's your headline for your story. There's your headline for the reporting. The fact that you could report that you know the Philistines are Europeans or Greek or something like that, that's vague and wishy-washy. We already knew that. Everyone already knew that. Look at the culture. We know they're, they're not Canaanites, and we know they're imports. The very specific thing that this proved, this study... It's about the closest match we have to the Philistines from the Iron Age comes from Crete. From exactly what the Bible said 2,800 years ago. And nobody is running that in their story. Fine, don't headline your story uh, DNA study proves Bible correct. Don't do that. But at least it deserves a mention. At least somewhere in your article. New York Times, Live Science, Science Magazine, National Geographic, Times of Israel surely somebody Haaretz, surely somebody should write that sentence daniel master he kind of alluded to it in a quote in times of israel but it's in the study if they read the study and even the scientists that are, that are writing that are writing the study how about you come out with that yes they're from southern europe but the best possible mat, mat, match we have for the people of the philistines from this period are from crete and what would you know That's exactly what the Bible recorded. And so has an ancient riddle been solved? Or was there an ancient riddle ever? The Bible, again, was very clear on where these people were from. This DNA sample and this study has proven it, and yet you're not going to read that. You're not going to read about it or hear about that uh, anywhere else probably than, than this program. I mean, this type of reporting isn't new at all. We talk about the anti-Bible bias that exists uh, in archaeology, in science, uh, and we're getting to the point now where scientific study is becoming unscientific because it neglects to even reference a historical source from the same time period. Or even if you don't believe the Bible is a historical source, at least mention it. Say, there's this mythical book called the Bible, but it was right on this thing. It was right on the Philistine origins on Watch Jerusalem. We do have an article that covers the history of the Philistines in detail and discovers or talks about what the Bible actually says about these people, where they were from and, and such and what they did. And it also goes into the different archaeological discoveries that have been made both inside Israel and elsewhere, that really speak to the veracity of the Bible when it talks about the Philistines. This article is entitled, Uncovering the Bible's Buried Civilizations, the Philistines, and I'll leave a link for that in the show notes as well. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll discuss one other story relating to biblical archaeology that came up this week. This is Watch Jerusalem. Where history and prophecy come alive. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Watch Jerusalem. For the second part of today's show, I just want to detail a recent study reporting on a discovery that was made off the coast of well on the coast of Israel at an excavation site just south of Haifa. Uh, This is Tel Shikmona, and this was excavated in an area back in the 1960s and 70s, and yet this information or the material that was excavated has been restudied, and what they have discovered very recently in this article I'm going to quote is from July 1st, 2019, They've discovered that this tell or this ancient city, which was small but it was kind of like a fortress on the coast where ships couldn't really get to and they didn't really know the reason for it, was an ancient dye facility. Dye for the purple dye, the purple dye that was used inside the tabernacle on the curtains and the priest's garments, uh, inside the, 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 uh, temple eventually, the main curtain that would separate the Holy of Holies from the Holy Place, this word for purple and this purple dye that is used in the Bible is mentioned 39 times. And so this was a a, a color that was necessary uh, for the temple function and the tabernacle function. It's also used in, in the Song of Songs as well to describe uh, the beautiful way that Um, Solomon is describing his wife. And so this is a a color that is used throughout the Bible. And until this time period, we haven't found a mass production facility for this purple dye. Of course, the Phoenician people that occupied this territory, that lived here during the time of Solomon and before and after, they lived on this coast from Tyre, Sidon, and down to this this area of Haifa. Um, They are synonymous with... Uh, this purple dye, exporting it everywhere across the empire. And yet, up until this time, from from at least the period of the Bible, we haven't found a purple dye facility. And yet we have now. This article is entitled, 3,000-year-old purple dye industry revealed near Haifa. And it's from the Jewish press, press written by David Israel. And I'll quote it uh, at length here. So this archaeological findings uncovered in the 1960s and 70s have recently revealed a wonderful secret. The first biblical period facility for the production of the prestigious purple-dyed textiles uh, has been un- uncovered at Tel Shikimona near Haifa. Quote, "...until now there has not been, been any meaningful direct archaeological evidence of workshops for the production of purple dye colored textiles from the Iron Age." the biblical period, not even in Tyre and Sidon, which were the main Phoenician centers for the manufacture of purple dye. And so we haven't found evidence of it for this period of for the manufacture of purple dye. And yet now they have, and this tiny little tell that's about an acre uh, in size, basically a fortress on the edge of the coast, where nobody really knew why, what it was doing there, because no boats could get to it. What was the point? It was so small. Now that Gilboa and, and Shelby, they have been uh, they, they, the people that are doing the studies, have been granted access to Do- Dr. Elga- Elgavish's finds, that was the original excavator, the secret of Shikmona may at last begin to reveal itself. The two researchers explain that two phenomena are immediately apparent from the hundreds of pottery items and shards waiting on the shelves of the archives. First, that the wealth of findings is associated with Phoenician culture including an unusual number of vessels imported from overseas. Thus, for example, Shikimona is home, is home to the largest number of Cypriot black-on-red ware ever found outside the island. And so this is a type of pottery that you find everywhere. Uh, it's red and it's got black uh, markings on it. It's from Cyprus, Cypriot ware. And at this toll, you have the largest amount of that that has been ever found from elsewhere outside Cyprus, and so you know that they were trading um, with the Cypriots, or the Cypriots were actually here at this location. Then the second thing that they, second phenomenon they say, is even more amazing: the largest collection of ceramic vats found anywhere in the world from the first millennium BCE that still preserve purple dye coloring of various shades. So, they found these vats that have still got the purple shade inside them, knowing that they were used in the production of this purple dye. Some of these have already been analyzed in the past, it says, which indeed revealed that the pigments absorbed in the clay were genuine sea snail pigments, the scope of, of which, or the scope of the phenomenon, however, had not been realized then. And it says currently a new chemical examination of the dozens of vats is being undertaken by Dr. Namas uh, curator of the organic materials in the uh, Israel Antiquities Authority in cooperation with people from bar University, it proved that on all the items the stain are indeed true purple coloring extra- extracted from marine snails. So this is the reason why they found this tell uh, or this fortress on the coast is because it's these marine snails that produce the purple dye that was used throughout the Bible and the ancient world. Quote, it is rare to find shards from this period featuring purple dye. Such items have been found in other sites along Israel's northern coast, such as Doras and Akko, but in small numbers. Yet at Shikmona, there are almost 30 vessels of this type. This is very unusual. And then it says, In addition to the production of dye, dozens of spindle whorls and loom weights were also found, testifying to the manufacture of wool and textiles that were dyed on the site. And so this is quite interesting. Here we've got a place that was in use. This article talks about it being in use for about, I think, about 800 years, or maybe a bit less than that. But overlapping or inside, including the period that it's in use, is the biblical period, is the period of the construction of Solomon's temple, is the period in which we know purple dye was being used heavily. And here they've found, to this day, the only factory, basically, ancient factory for purple dye in the ancient world, and it's just off the north coast of Israel. And so you can't help but wonder, was the purple dye that was used in Solomon's temple uh, created, manufactured here at Shikmona, just south of Tel Aviv? Well, indeed, it, it makes sense that it would be. Uh, we know that Solomon wanted will ask asked specifically for the Phoenicians, for somebody that knew how to use this uh, purple dye. It says this, uh, continuing on in this article, Thanks to the latest insights, the researchers can now cast new light on the importance of Shikimona. This isolated site was not a village or a settlement at all, but rather a fortified factory for the production of purple dye and the dyeing of textiles and wool. Its location on a rocky coast with no convenient anchorage now becomes logical. Such an environment would provide the ideal habitat for the Murex snails, which could be harvested in the tens and thousands. And So they're there to this day, just off the coast here from this fortress. They found them there. Um, uh, uh, They've they've known that they were there. Uh, The conspicuous Phoenician material culture revealed at the site also makes sense now. The residents, or rather employees, had an affinity to the culture and informational world of the the Phoenicians who held the secrets of the manufacture of purple dye. Purple dye cloth formed the backbone of trading networks, explaining the presence at the at the site of the abundant Cypriot pottery that was transferred through these contacts. Quote, To date, no center for the production of purple dye has been found in Iron Age or Biblical period Phoenicia, the research concluded. We know that there were production sites in Tyre and Sidon and other sites in Lebanon, and uh, and thousands of murex snails, shells have been found there, but it seems that most of them are from the classical period. And so we do find production facilities uh, northwards, Tyre and Sidon, but nothing from the biblical period except here in this location. And so I think there's just a wonderful connection to the biblical text here, talking about the history of the Bible and, and how uh, purple was used. Again, 30 ta- 39 times it's mentioned uh, in the Tanakh, and it is there on, its, uh, in its, it's mentioned in the book of Judges, book of Esther, Book of Ezekiel, Song of Solomon, as I was talking about, Proverbs describing the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, and then it's everywhere in the Book of Exodus and Numbers and Chronicles in reference to the tabernacle. People talk about King Solomon's mines, where did he get the materials to build the fantastic temple, and here we have the discovery of another element of the construction of Solomon's temple. Again, we don't know for sure, that this location was used in the in the in the in the uh, was used to produce the dye for Solomon's temple, but it's the the only one that we've found so far in the ancient world from this time period, and it's close. It's close, just south of Haifa in the north of Israel, and so it makes sense that this was the location from which the dye for Solomon's temple and the the priestly garments and also the 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 curtain and other things. Um, were were uh, were derived from. This is what Second Chronicles chapter two says, uh, the first few verses, verse two and uh, verse three and four. Then Solomon sent word to King Hiram of Tyre. So this is the Phoenician king, and he's sending a message to him, and this is what he says: Do for me as you did for my father David when you sent him cedars to build himself a house to live in again there. Uh, Famous for the cedars of Lebanon. Help, bring me some cedars, please, to help me to build a temple for God, and also for he he was going to build uh, his own place. Uh, And then it says this, verse seven: Send me therefore a craftsman who is skilled in engraving work to work with gold and silver and bronze and iron, purple, crimson, and blue yarn. So he asked for not only for the dye itself, but for somebody to come and help him, somebody that knew how to work with this color, to work with the cloth. And it says this, this is the response from King Hiram of Tyre, uh, who was is, who is Phoenician, the Phoenician king that lived in this area. Verse 11, then King Hiram of Tyre wrote a letter in reply to Solomon, because the Eternal loves His people and He has set you uh, has set you over them as king and Hiram added blessed be the eternal eternal the god of Israel who made heavens and earth he has given David king David a wise son with insight and understanding who will build a temple for the eternal and a royal palace for himself i am now sending you Hiram Abi, a skilled man endowed with creativity i think i'm reading from the Berean uh copy of the a Bi- uh, translation of the bible in english He is the son of a woman from the daughters of Dan, and his father is a man of Tyre. He is skilled in the work of gold and silver, bronze and iron, stone and wood, purple, blue and crimson yarn, and fine uh, linen. And so they actually sent a man uh, who was uh, of the daughters of Dan, meaning there was somebody from Tyre that married the daughters of Dan. Dan, of course, living in the north of Israel, right next to Phoenicia, their tribal lands that they took. Uh, three or four hundred years earlier than this, and now you've got the construction of the temple. God wants uh, purple in it, and so where are we going to get this purple dye from? Makes sense, just north of Phoenicia, and send somebody down that knows how to use it. And so the king of Tyre did so, and here we are again. Here, three thousand years later from this time, and we're finding we're finding this fortress factory on the coast of Israel, which would have likely been the construction place or the, the manufacturing place of this very special purple dye. Just, it isn't a huge point at proving the Bible accurate uh, or the biblical narrative as an accurate uh, historical document, but it just fits in so wonderfully with the narrative of the Bible. It shows that, yeah, Solomon, when he was constructing the temple, God wanted purple in it. And who does he ask for the purple? No doubt he's going to ask the Phoenicians, the Phoenicians that were the main manufacturers of this purple. And here we have an excavation site in northern Israel where they extracted and manufactured that purple dye. I'll leave this article up. I think it uh, on the show in the show notes for you because it is just quite interesting. Uh, and um, just elaborating on the biblical story and providing some context as well for the biblical narrative and biblical history, and showing that when the Bible does talk about these colors, it's not just it's not just mentioning random colors and it's asking the Phoenicians to help out. This is something that checks out in history. And here we have this this uh, in the past 30 years, this excavation site being revealed. And in the past week, it's being shown that it was the site for the manufacture of this very special purple color. It's entitled 3,000-Year-Old Purple Dye Industry Revealed Near Haifa. Again, it's from the Jewish press, and I'll leave it in the show notes for you to read. That's all we have time for today. Thank you very much for listening in. Again, if you want to send us some tips of things that you think we should be covering on this program, or some comments, you can write your emails to letters at watchjerusalem.co.il. That's all we have time for. We'll talk to you next week.